bullshit that the show is bullshit like it is and they are but like we've hit some serious moments in the show where it's like wow this this story's fucked up <laughs> like you know like like you're reading and you're like um you know it reminds me of your you wrote a story and in it was kind of you know a slowed down lynch surrealism breakdown guy slowly killing himself yeah that level of like writing Mm. skill and manner and style like everything about it um i have seen at in you know the same kind of like flicker in this show oh yeah there's reading some of these stories i'm not fucking joking like some of like when i say that like some of these stories have been published like they have and they have done well (laughs) like like it's it's been when so long since my first episode, forward. but I still remember those damn dragonflies. You do. Oh, you hi do. the way. I'm and Tom uh, <laughs> Tom Bongadil. Bongadil. And I'm back. Tom Bongadil. Hi. He um he he's traveled to us from so far. <laughs> and uh we we are here uh, recording episode 103. I'm super fucking excited because I feel like episode 100 was like a turning of the leaf. Okay. And like the show is just like the show is what it has always meant to be now. You feel me? We've kind of, I'm not going to say we've hit a stride because some episodes have been bullshit. (laughs) But I will say. uh, It's matured. uh, I would say we've upgraded from beer to wine. Okay. You're still getting drunk. (laughs) After two glasses, you're still fucked. (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, maybe we're not, you know, drinking fucking a a six-pack by ourselves and, you know, eating an entire pizza in our basement. That's actually what we're doing now, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to do that later. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. I, um, I did have an idea of what I wanted to read with you tonight, but I will take your preference... Oh man, I have some real fucking good ones here that I've been waiting to read with some. Um, are there any about like? Oh yeah, I'll take any kind of idea. Are me. there any? What, what was it we came across? Like every time or the last time I was here, it was like everything was like made out of food. Like all the evil things were like evil meats. I think. <laughs> you would have loved to read Dogscape. <laughs> <laughs> Django Phillips is sitting somewhere with a revolver in his hand when I say that, but like, Dogscape is just, it is this random fucking episode in the 30s, I think it's 37 or 38, um, what the fuck even episode is it called? Uh, I think it's Got the Guts to Dogscape, now that I think about it, because we read Chuck Palahniuk's Guts. And then we read, and then we read Dogscape immediately after it. So everyone is 
unhappy. <laughs> so Dogscape is literally a uh, a diary of a man. And it's actually like a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants where this diary finds its way through the fucking apocalypse and people write random things in it, like what still fractions mm. of English still exist. And um, it's an earth that has been fucked. And I mean, like, I actually bring this up in the episode, like John Carpenter's The Thing succeeds, the dog gets back to society and just fucking... Oh. Congeals. Everything merges. It is Cronenberg. Everything nice. is fucked. And the entire, like, imagine a contact lens on the planet. Of just this. Of thing. just this blob, this Akira fucking mess. Except it's all dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you think about that. <laughs> like. Like, are the people under the dogs? No, they're eaten by the dogs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they merge with the dogs. The dog mother, Tom. <laughs> it is a crazy fucking episode. You need to... You're going to have a free night sometime soon. Or you're going to have a commute. You said your commute takes an hour. You're going to download this episode and you're going to listen to this on your commute into work. Because you are just going to be like, you don't, I don't even want you to be high. I don't even want you to be, I don't even want you to be stoned. I literally just want you to listen to Dogscape and tell me what you think about it. Because I read it with Django Phillips and he hates it. <laughs> I think it's kind of genius. I, I do. I think it's kind of I, genius. I am, ex I, I am excited now. Well, yeah. Have you read Guts? You'd probably be able to skip that and go straight into Dogscape. I timestamp the episodes. I'm serious. Like, skip the bullshit. Get right into Dogscape. Because there is very little pillow talk. I literally ask him, like, we can't talk about it too much. And he says, no, we can't. We literally just need to read it. Because he knew about it. it was, he wanted... <laughs> Get this, he brought it to the show and then regretted reading it every chapter. <laughs> that he was like, is not surprising. He was like, by log 11, I really just wanted to punch the screen. I was like, why? I was having such fun. Like, being someone who's never read it before, I just immediately, like, it's That's... it is sci fi. I will use the red letter media term schlock. <laughs> it is just schlock. But it's well written. I am excited. Um, it's, it, that's that's kind of like the just throwing people into being John Malkovich kind of idea. Just no lead up. Just just go straight in. This is the movie now. Yeah. No. Okay. Quite quite literally. Okay. Um. So, bringing it back, we read not hot but spicy last time. Yes, we read not hot but you, spicy. I, you I liked, liked. I did. You liked dude. not hot but spicy. I haven't had. Um. So. But you want that, the big. You want a big long one. No. 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 I know. I'm just bringing it up, plugging it, because episode 96, your last episode, like, just came out. Like, um, we read Not Hot But Spicy, which is something I read with a bunch of baby ducks. And he, um... No, that's what it was. It was, like, every horror story was, like, the construction of, like, things made out of other things. A bunch of baby ducks. That is, <laughs> that is the callback joke to last episode. And he doesn't know what to think about Not Hot But Spicy. He really doesn't. Because 
for him, the entire experience, which is two episodes worth of experience, he just kind of gets hot and cold and hot and cold with it. He's just like, well, that... Even he's like, that didn't make sense. (laughs) Even he's like, well, why did that happen? (laughs) You know, he brings a very interesting eye to it. Um, He's an interesting fellow. Or they are. What they are. Interesting fellow for their interesting... Holding an orange is a ghost story. I'll just say that. I mean... Ghosts. I already already like both ghosts and I... Just the image, like... The story of her holding an orange. Just yeah, like, but no, it's just like it kind of sounds like the art house of no sleep, doesn't it? Yeah, I've re- uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sag for a second. Um, I, I don't feel like I talked about it too much, but I recently saw Suspiria for the first time, and I fucking loved it. But then I also went and saw Mandy last night, uh, the new film by uh, Panos Cosmatos, who made um, Beyond the Black Rainbow. I fucking love that movie, dude. It is. Um, Kubrickian sci-fi horror. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And art, artsy, surreal, fucking nuts. Like Stanley had a baby with David Lynch. It's great. And um, he recently came out with a movie called Mandy. I fucking saw it last night. And they played the Q and A with Nicolas Cage afterwards. <laughs> um, Nicolas Cage is a logger. Who, in a 70s acid trip of a fucking movie, think like doors. Okay. His wife gets slaughtered in front of him by a bunch of Satan worshipping, worshiping, but kind of Jesus freaks. Like straight Manson. They light her on fucking fire with the help of like almost demons. It's fucking nuts. And he in return over the next like two hours just kills every single one of them for doing that to him it is a 70s revenge porn acid trip nightmare and i loved every fucking second of it okay every the the synth soundtrack the it takes place in the 80s it fucking has title cards in between segments it is just everything uh, and, oh, just uh, the a film auteur like... needs. No, like, no. No. No, like, I don't mean that, like, meanly, but it's the... It's not a card. It's not a card. It's like... It's like a set piece. It is literally like a, um... Oh, okay. It's like Grindhouse. You can't... But, like... It's like Grindhouse Art House. It's so hard to put it in a category. House squared. Um, I compare it to Drive, Nicholas Winding Refn with uh, Pretty Boy, mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. If Drive had a baby with Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead, the new one which is just raining blood in one scene, but done tastefully. So like, <laughs> so like when you merge those two, you get Mandy and it just, it rocked. It rocked so fucking hard. So anyway, when I think about art house, I feel like reading the title, the story of her holding an orange, I kind of just think like, this is going to be some like, <laughs> What's the director? Um, Lars von Trier <laughs> of like no sleep, <laughs> just like sad and like, like oh oh there's a ghost 
And there she is, <laughs> like a pale beam in the moonlight. It you know, like I just feel like ways. I just feel like that's gonna be it. So it can I, go one of two ways. So it's part of me wants be, to read that. It's either gonna be like this, like very, like really, like th- thoughtfully, like this is wow. You're gonna and we're gonna end this and go well, wow. Being, that was I'm being haunted. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just gonna be ninety nine percent adverbs. The worst per- fucking purple prose you can have. <laughs> You're not wrong. Let's do it. Is do what? it. Do it. Give me a hit. Seven. Give me a hit. It's clean. Take a little baby piece. Cut that pie. So the story is called I am a logical I am a grown logical man crying tears of horror right now. AKA the story of her holding an orange. Okay. Part 1. Okay, guys, before I begin, I gotta give you a fair warning. The story is absolutely true, unfortunately. (laughs) It is also very long. (laughs) As we just discussed. It goes back to my childhood, but it wasn't as terrifying until very recently. Okay. Now I am completely lost in fear. I am an adult man, logical and intelligent. Glasses push implied. Or... I'd like to believe so. Sitting in my bed, scared shitless right now. Goosebumps all over my body and tears of horror in my eyes. I ask for your help in explaining this fucking horrifying thing. Caution, you'll notice that I curse quite a bit. Okay. Mm, Scary intro paragraph. I feel like this is the monster theme for this Obviously, we're only going to do one monster, but it's been on theme so far of, like, I, I, you, some, something you... I have you, a 50% chance... Childhood. There's a 50% chance this is literally about a ghost. Yeah. I okay. don't actually know. Okay. Implied. I want you to know that what you read from now on in the situation perceived by my mind... Okay. Let me read that one more time. I want you to know that what you read from now on is the situation perceived by my mind. Mm. I like to think that I am a very rational person, and I haven't been able to explain these occurrences in any natural way. Since my mom got a new job, she started making new friends. It is common in our country that friends come to each other's houses for a cup of coffee, cake, gossip, and whatnot. Can I... I'm sorry, I like commenting, but, um... I really like that move uh, from our country. It's just very efficient and exta- uh, just, anyway. It's, you, what country do you think it is? That's the. It's you don't know what the country is yet, and then, but it's, is it? You think it's gonna be a plot point? Yeah, I think I think it's like. It was just efficient writing. Yeah. I'm applauding you, anonymous writer. Few weeks into her new job, my mom made friends with this woman, Rose. She would come maybe twice a week and they'd sit around the coffee table on our balcony and just talk. One day when I was 17, I was at the balcony with them. I'm not sure why I was there, but knowing me, I probably ran out of internet hours. Back in the day, we bought internet monthly per hour in In my country. country. And was bored as fuck. So we're sitting there, they're gossiping about who knows what, and mom gets up to get some cake she had baked recently. I remain sitting at the table with Rose, and that's when my life changed forever. Rose was a good-looking woman. She was about 5'6", skinny, long black hair, pearly white teeth, attractive woman overall. So 
Anyways, I'm sitting there with her, and she turns to me. She has this creepy grin on her face, bright red lipstick with bright white teeth underneath, and it's just making her look more scary. Her head is moving slowly, almost as if she had become a puppet. She says something in the lowest tone possible, certainly not loud enough for me to understand. Excuse me? I say, still not being scared, just a bit weirded out. You ready to go now? She said this in a voice of a child, I kid you not, like maybe an eight-year-old girl. Grin is still there. She mustered those words through her teeth, never opening the jaw. What? I ask, starting to get scared. You ready? The same thing again, only this time she pulls out an orange out of her purse. Okay. I That's think, it. I think we won this gamble. She just took the orange out and held it there. Okay. Didn't offer it. Didn't eat it herself. Just held the fucking thing. At that point, I was getting scared as fuck. Thankfully, my mom came back with the cake. Rose almost as if someone pushed a button on a remote control, switched back to her normal self, putting the orange back into her purse without mom noticing. I left the balcony creeped out, but I was 17, so I brushed it off quickly. <laughs> this happens. People just... My uncle took out a pair and said, hey. <laughs> my fucking sister took out a pineapple and said, you're gay. <laughs> uh, I'm just assuming the kid was like tripped out all the time in high school. And stuff. Drugs, man. Hell, hell, of a, hell of a drug. That was a weird flashback, man. <laughs> that night I had trouble sleeping. My room is on the first floor, and my window is at maybe five feet height, so I keep looking at it, praying not to see some scary monster. I would turn mm. in my bed constantly and look at the window maybe every five minutes. It was getting late, and I started to doze off, but decided to look in the window one last time. And there she fucking was. Standing in the fucking window. Rose, just standing, looking directly at me. Moonlight was bright enough for me to see, with the same grin on her face. You know this story is six parts, so I just hope it continues to do Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. It's like, oh, okay. Lipstick was red as ever, and teeth were whiter than ever. I was paralyzed with fear. I okay. often imagined what I'd do in situations like these, and I always had an escape plan for any hypothetical I threw at myself. But now, when this friend of my mother was staring at me through my window at 4am, just smiling, I was motionless. My mouth got dry, I got goosebumps, have them now as I type this, and I swear it became freezing in my room, probably just the way the body reacts to shock. I finally gathered the courage to get up, I started walking towards the door, and her head was turning with me, slowly, with the grin still there. Again, it was as if she were a puppet. I wanted to scream for my parents, but knowing how tense they are... I decided not to cause panic just yet. There had to be some rational explanation, right? For fuck knows what reason I, I decided to walk to the window and ask her what the fuck her problem mm. was. I made okay. two slow steps towards it and froze. I froze because she moved. You know what her movement was? Taking the orange out of her purse. Does anyone know what the record time is for having goosebumps? Because they sure as shit aren't going away. Anyway, after being <laughs> terrified for a minute, I decided to go on. I'm a big guy, and I figured I'd be able to f fight her off if push come to shove. <sighs> My windows 
pull up in order to open. I pull it open maybe some 10 inches and stop. 10 inches is too much. Yeah. In this situation, <laughs> I, will say, I will say that much. That, that bitch gets two. It's a crack. It's a crack. <laughs> She's not moving, just holding the fucking orange and looking at me with the scariest grin you'll ever see. I stand there. She stands there. Then she starts bending, but every move she makes is so slow, so mechanical. She's bending so she can reach the open part of the window, and I am horrified. She pushes her head through it. Just enough space for her head to go through. That's why you open it fucking two inches. Two inches. You get maybe a fucking finger. Anyway, um, I'm getting... uh, So I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Japanese. That's... Are you getting the kind of yeah Ida? Yeah, it's I. I'm thinking of this one. I think like Korean comic book that's on comic online comic I hope, thing. I hope you're talking about Junji Ito. No, but it's this really short one. But it, like, what happens is like you're watching this comic and oh, and the, it, the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, the kid walking down the sidewalk in the middle. And of the this is this is what I'm th- thinking. It's, yeah, yeah, it's got it's, that vibe. That vibe. I, I got a kind of Stephen King thing going, but I just I think it's gonna turn Japanese. Okay. I'm turning Japanese. Oh yes, I'm turning Japanese. I'm relating. So. Oh God. <laughs> you go with you go with me now. As she's saying that in her eight-year-old voice, her hand is making its way through the crack, holding an orange. What do I do? What do I do? What did you do? What would you do? Fucking run. I ran out of my room, screaming for my dad. My dad, being a light sleeper, he jumps out of his bed and screams back at me, asking what the hell is going on. All I can muster is Rose's window while dad is putting his pants on. I run back to my room, wanting Rose to be there so he can see that I'm not crazy. You know how horror movies, the person you saw is gone by the time witnesses come? Yeah, well, similar thing happened, except I caught Rose leaving. Ooh. There is a house some hundred yards away from mine, and it had one of those motion-activated lights, lots of crime back home. I saw that light turn on, and a glimpse of Rose disappearing behind that house. By the time Dad ran into my room, she was gone. After much talking, he decided that it was just a nightmare and told me to call him only if someone physically comes into my room. You and your fucking imagination... He said, walking away. Needless to say, I got exactly zero hours of sleep that night. Nothing happened in the next few months. Rose would still come to visit my mom, but I'd make sure I wasn't there. (laughs) Fuck that. As in every teenager's life, so many things were happening around me, and I forgot about the Rose incident. Then one day, I was spending my afternoon browsing the internet, years before Reddit, unfortunately. I got pretty hungry, so as any spoiled child, I yelled for my mom. I yelled from my room to see if my mom would come, and she didn't. Oh, well, tough luck. I have to go to the kitchen and make myself a sandwich. Kitchen in our house is connected to the living room, but you can't see the living room until you're at least in the middle of the kitchen. So I open the kitchen, and I walk in, and I freeze. There it is, right there on the kitchen table in orange. Immediately thought of that creepy night, Rose is here. I'm still motionless in my spot. Few seconds later, I realize how stupid I am for relating a common piece of fruit to a crazy window stalker. So I walk towards the table, wanting to put the orange in the fruit cabinet. I grab the thing and hear a voice behind me. You will have to come with me soon, you know. Child's voice. It's Rose. 
I produce some kind of noise resembling scared pig about to get slaughtered. Lightning fast, I turn around and there <clears> she <throat> is standing in the middle of the living room, just standing there. Same grin on her face, same lipstick on her lips, teeth white as ever, only she started tilting her head to the left a bit in slow motion. I remember it as if it happened yesterday, her long black hair falling down her shoulders, white summer dress, <laughs> bright red shoes to match her lipstick. I forgot to mention that she was very pale. <laughs> Even in the summer, she seemed to not be friends with the sun. This added to creepiness. There's this woman who already scared the shit out of me once, standing alone in the middle of my living room, pale as a ghost, bright red lipstick and shoes, tilting her head to the side, speaking in a child's voice. And then, and fucking then, she takes an orange out of her purse, <laughs> takes it out slowly and looks at me as if she wants me to have it. Just as my self-defense mode is about to take over and I either run away or tackle the crazy bitch, my mom walks in. I know it didn't happen, but it seemed like my mom brought the light into <laughs> the room. I released a breath of relief. Rose, of course, went back to her normal self. They were about to go for a walk and my mom was getting ready in her room while she was pulling her grudge shit on <laughs> me. They're acknowledging it. They're, now. Yeah. Okay. Grudge shit. Yes. Since my parents wouldn't believe Grudge plus anything. Florida oranges. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's just a there's a Japanese transplant family living in Florida for the first time, and like the only other Asians in the area are fucking haunted. <laughs> Headlines read the next day: Florida man stabs entire family. <laughs> Since my parents wouldn't believe anything I was saying about her, I wasn't sure what to do. Only thing I could do at that age is nothing, I suppose. But I swore I'd punch that woman should she ever come close to me again. A year or so had passed without any incident, and I was getting ready to go to the United States to study in college. Since I was going to play basketball there, I had to prepare for it. Xiao Ming, early life. I spent summer away from home, working out in a training camp in a town about 40 miles from my city. During the last night of the camp, the last incident happened. My roommate had left the camp the day before and I had had the room to myself. I was very excited about going to America in a few days and had trouble sleeping. My room had a beautiful balcony. I was on the third floor of a hotel. Since it was warm, I decided to sit in the chair on the balcony for a while. I walked out, sat down, and immediately regretted it. It is really time to come down. I nearly shit myself. I mean, it's been a while since I had last heard that voice, but something like that stays with you forever. I turned my head to the right, and Rose was standing on the fence of a balcony of the room right next to mine. Mind you, not standing on the balcony or sitting at the table, but standing on the fence. How she was balancing, I don't know. Balcony was at least 50 feet from the ground. And she was holding an orange. Fucking orange. Only this time, orange seemed to have been somewhat rotten, not nearly as bright as the first three times. I was scared, 
that she would attempt to jump over to my balcony as there were only a few feet distance between them. I was also scared she'd die in an attempt to do so, and I'd be blamed somehow. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. It really is time, you know. She said it in that childlike voice, never opening her jaw, her teeth forever clenched together, and lipstick the color of fresh blood. I never really did it with my teeth. It really is time, you know. <laughs> it's kind of creepier. Yeah. <laughs> she seemed even paler this time, and her head was tilted to the left even more. She wore red shoes. What the fuck do you want from me? I screamed in desperation, angry that this woman is causing me so much distress, but also hoping that someone would hear me and come witness this crazy bitch's harassment. I only want you to go where you belong. She said that and again never opened her teeth. She only s sprang her hand more towards me, almost offering me the semi-rotten orange. Fuck you, you crazy bitch. <laughs> I opened the door of my room, and as I walk in, I heard, You will come. Okay. I slammed the door, deciding the woman was schizophrenic. <laughs> I would have probably flipped out more, but I was leaving the continent in a few days, at which point I was safe. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have a wall of fucking text, but this is the shortest version of those creepy events. I came to the US and have been here for seven years now. I forgot about the incidents and went on with my life. Only time I ever thought about Rose was when she was talking to my mom, who said that since I left, her friendship with the crazy bitch fell apart. I was glad last seven years were the best of my life. I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. I got a wonderful girlfriend. You know, life's good, man. But then, but fucking then, and I have to butt in and say, the mom is a proximity alarm that says Rose has left the nest. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big technology geek and I love Apple don't shoot me down for this please so it was last Friday September 21st the release of iPhone 5 I'm in front of the store with about 50 other people I'm maybe 15th in line it's raining it's cold I've been there for about four hours now doors finally open we start moving in slowly I look across the street and instantly stop people run into my back I can hear complaining but it's all bouncing off me across the street I see a woman in a white dress head tilted holding something orange ish grin on her face. Lights, a lipstick so bright red I can see it from across the street. I can't move. Someone from far in the back pushes, causing me to fall. While I gather myself, I see the woman disappearing behind the corner. I remain sitting on the ground. It was Rose. It was her, I swear. I sit there for a few minutes, get myself together, and walk into the store. No phones left. I decide to walk across the street, and there it was. At the place where she was standing now only sits a mushed, terribly rotten orange. That's it. Just a rotten orange. I started crying. All memories came back. I thought that my whole life would constitute of being stalked by some maniac, and how did she find me anyways? I spent next few hours in a nearby coffee shop, drinking tea and reasoning how this could logically be possible. I kept no secret from my friends and family about my whereabouts. Did she stalk my Facebook? My friends? Did she travel here to harm me? What the fuck is her deal? Answering no questions I asked myself, I went home, deciding to keep it all to myself. My girlfriend noticed something was wrong. 
with me for the next few days, but didn't push it. I figured it was all a fluke, my mind playing tricks, because I was up all night before that morning. Plus, it was raining. How could I see that well? And that orange, well, that was just a coincidence. I convinced myself that I was just making it all up. So today, a letter came. I got a lot of mail, so it's not that out of the ordinary. But there was this envelope with no return address. I opened it and was immediately shocked. I was holding a Polaroid picture. In it, there was me standing in line in front of that store that Friday. Only the picture was taken by a person behind me. It was taken at the moment I was looking across the street. I can tell because I can see the horror on my face. On the back of the photo, there were a few words written with a black pen. You come with me now. I dropped the picture and started crying like a baby. Like, really crying my ass off. My girlfriend found me in our room, curled up on the bed, still crying. She was terrified that maybe someone close to us had died. And she's never seen me let a single tear before. Okay. <laughs> I had to tell her. I started telling her the story, leaving most details out. Oh, so nice. I can get to the point quicker. As I was talking, she was getting more and more pale. She never said a word. I finished my story, and she was pale as a ghost, not moving. Then she asked... She asked a fucking question that honestly Aww. caused me to almost faint. She said, this woman, did she happen to, um, hold an orange? Nice. I froze. She started crying like I've never seen her cry before. It's those Japanese haunts, man. It's a familial thing. It's a culturally bounding thing. Oh, man. Seriously, the Japanese, like, if this really is about the Japanese, they got crazy lore on spirits, man. Okay. They really do. It's it's a, it's a an urban legend kind of thing over there. I mean, okay. it's, it's, a, it's also like a religion. Um, it's like evil Shintoism. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. So, we had a long talk that night, and her story would require another wall of text. Honestly, I'm fucking tired from typing this much, and I'm pretty sure nobody will be willing to read this much. I'm also On lost. On a podcast. <laughs> terrified. <laughs> confused. Yeah, this absolutely isn't yes. the first time someone's read this. Yeah. This story is somewhere else. <laughs> like people, good. People have found this. I'm terrified. Confused. But if someone does read this, I'll write the rest. I'll write in hope that someone can offer a solution and an answer, maybe. Currently, we're both scared as fuck, not knowing what to do next. Police is an option, but what do we tell them? I don't know, man. I'm fucking scared. And her well-being. I'm scared for her. I'm scared for mine. And her well-being. Help me. <clears throat> Update. Well, guys, shit. Don't know what to tell you. It happened again today, except I didn't see her. Let me give you a quick rundown of events. 9 a.m. I go to the local police station with my girlfriend. We tell them all that we know, and she shows them the Polaroid. Although, quite frankly, they say they can't really do too much other than maybe file a restraining order against the person who probably, their words, isn't even in the country. <laughs> they think I mistook her for someone else in the picture. Well, they said it was probably a prank. They did take that photo and open a file about it just in case it escalates, and it did. 1 p.m. We arrived in town where I saw her, went to the location, there was nothing there. Don't know what the hell I expected anyways, we stayed there for a while. 6.30 p.m. Arriving home, front door of house is open, but this is not uncommon as we live with five other roommates. We go upstairs to our room, our room is open. 
That is unheard of, as we almost always make sure we lock it. And our landlord is the only other person who has the key. I yell, asking if someone is there, no response. Also, no roommates are in the house, it seems. We walk in, we freeze. Our room is decently small, constitutes of two queen-size beds put together in a little dresser, and that's about it. What? They have two beds? Okay. Think of it as dorm room. But they're queen size. Flatmates. I don't know, man. Okay, sorry. I don't I don't quite understand the context yet either. So what do we see? Pillows are all on our dresser. Oh no. Towels on the bed. Our sheet is taken off the bed and put on the floor. It's spread out, and the center of it is an orange cut into two halves, with a little peel next to it. My laptop is facing the door and is playing the same song on repeat. My laptop was turned off before I left and was also password protected. The song playing is my favorite from my childhood. It is Africa by Toto. I'm going to plug it. I'm going to plug it. My desktop background was changed to one picture from my childhood that I didn't even have in my computer. 7pm, we call the police. They arrive 15 minutes later. I take the five pics of the mess just before they come. They say they'll start an investigation, but claim that it's still not serious enough for Mm. fingerprints and stuff. That's creepy. 8.30pm, they leave and will also tell us to call should anything happen again, and also advise us to stay with friends if possible. We spent the next few hours just talking, man. Trying to figure it out. We're exhausted both mentally and physically. I'm going to Skype with my mom tomorrow and see if she knows anything. I'll also type up my girlfriend's story tonight, but may post it in the morning if I don't finish it all in time. I'll include photos. I took, I promise you that much. Holy fuck, this shit is happening to me. And by, uh... Um, he did take photos I had to naturally cut okay. out of the story. No, but what I'm saying is, uh... And then... Uh, I'll happen to type it up in the morning and not just copy and paste it from the <laughs> Word yeah. document is our comment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Wink. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, let me grab a drink, because you are up reading. Yeah. Um, and the story's been so good so far. Uh, I was uh, just gonna ask, how do you feel about it? Um, I love it. I love it. it they're, they're very good at, like, um, doing that, like... They see... They know, like, their psychology of someone, like trying to convince them it's not a ghost or something. Like, like, they know the, they know the psychology of, like, both, like, the guy gets, like, sees the orange and has the flashback, they know, there's a lot of very detailed building that went into this to make it try and be as much of, like, them convincing themselves there isn't a ghost as possible. Yeah, and I'm um, and I'm still not sold on the country. Yeah. I'm just taking a guess that it's Japan. But I am imagining just some Junji Ito shit. I really am. It's almost like uh, Tomi. Tomi is the story about the um, the teenage girl who like kills every man in her village. Okay. Um, her head like I think like detaches from the body at one mm. point. It's just super not so fuck so shit. You know, how soon level shit. I'm, I'm just picturing, like, this, like, I forget which movie it was, but it's this one where it was, like, um, like, they're, 
like lady's head and just the hair was everywhere taking over the room and it was this short film and but the thing about it was it was that style of like really close just like day-to-day life like bullshit of them thinking that it's not a problem and then this like quick flash of this like super horrifying thing yeah so i'm 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 liking it it's working and i think that was korean again too so it, korea it, japan it's a, it's a trope yeah hair is definitely a um an interesting it's used very interestingly in like japanese culture anyway um Part two, girlfriend's account of the story about the woman holding an orange. Also, an unfortunate <laughs> update. Okay. <laughs> I love... I lo- There's also this part of it is, like, it's so obviously not actually... <laughs> happening, yeah. And an unfortunate update. Taste day two. Yeah. But, like, we're all going along with it because it's... This, I'm picturing this is on, like, the serious, this actually definitely happened to me, and, like, the entire <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, sure, that definitely happened to you, keep going. And then they all stood up clapping. That's probably my favorite way to end. <laughs> it's, it's Einstein, is the, is the, the orange. Fuck. Uh. Okay, guys, I realize I'm a bit late with my girlfriend's story, but when you read my la- latest update, you'll see that I was quite consumed with what was happening to us. Nothing happened since the incident last night. Police called to check with us this morning. They still have no clue what's going on, really. So her story. Let me begin begin by telling you a bit about us. Okay. As I said before, I was born in Bosnia. There we go. Ha. Huh. Bosnia. Moved to a nearby country in the Balkans where I grew up. I can see this. Thing. Wow. Yeah. It's... So it's it's not Asian at all. It's It's European. I came over to the U.S. about six years ago. My girlfriend was born in India and grew up in Kenya until she was three when she moved to Canada. I met her a little over a year ago, and we've been together ever since. Okay. I I almost feel like the author was, like, consciously aware that they were doing some, like, um, stereotypically Japanese horror film, like, tropes. And then, and then pulled a fast one on us. But this whole story has been pulling a fast one on us. Western European. I would have said a little bit more Russian if someone said Bosnia. No, no, yeah, Bosnia. It's Western. Yeah, it's like very south, very Western. So, so my girl, let me call her Lila. Did not Lila. Lila, sorry. Lila. (laughs) Yo, she's Lila. Lila Vanilla. (laughs) <laughs> vanilla, vanilla orange. Um, <laughs> no, oh, God damn it! Now she has to be little. Did a few, That's did fine. have a few encounters with Rose. The first one she remembers was on the plane. She was a flight attendant for Air Canada for several years. One day, about six years ago, she was flying her regular flight, but she can't remember what the destination was. It was maybe, it lasted maybe two hours. Once they took, okay, I like that. Uh, one I was gonna say the thing most terrifying is that is there's nowhere to run. Yeah, <laughs> you're literally you're on a fucking plane. There's yeah we're we're and we're establishing that early, and and we still don't know the location of it. So it seems like it's this thing that got picked up somewhere and has been spreading. Um, so so it's the dog mother. Yeah, <laughs> the Freddy Krueger of the story. Um, a bitch with an orange. <laughs> um, it lasted maybe two hours once they took off and had seatbelt signs away she got up to serve the complimentary drinks about halfway 
Through her section, she met Rose. She didn't know know it at the time, of course. She imagined something was terribly off about the woman. She had this creepy grin on her face, was really pale, kept staring at her. When I'll say Leela. You can, that's not it either. Just say Lila. <laughs> Just say Lila. It's been upset. <laughs> when Lila. When Lila offered her a drink and some snacks, she got no answer. Only a wider and creepier fucking smile. Then Rose spoke. I, I have something for you. She said it in a voice that definitely wasn't natural for a woman her age. Her voice belonged more to a teenager than an adult. There was something playful but terrifying in it. Now, Lilla seen some shit while flying, so she wasn't taken aback by this interaction. Yeah, what would, I, what would you like? What would that be, ma'am? Don't patronize me, you bitch. She said that in a really... That fast, like, re- really fast. Don't patronize me, you bitch. Her jaw was closed while saying it. Then she started grinding her teeth, never letting go of... Of that fucking smile. You know, you know why Rose is on the plane? Because she's going to haunt the dude. Yes. <laughs> I just put it together. This ghost has to take flights, and she rides coach. <laughs> Excuse me, are you checking any bags? Just this. All right. Well, you can carry that on. That's fine. Because it's through security. <laughs> Um, Excuse me, step forward. Can you, can you put the orange down, please? Ma'am. Ma'am. We have to x-ray the, the orange. <laughs> the For orange both. is a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> so she just smiled, never let it, letting go over that fucking smile. She, this was a red flag for Lilla. When, when the passengers get aggressive, attendants walk away unless there's physical content. All right, well, you have a pleasant flight for the rest of the... You have a pleasant rest of the flight, ma'am, Okay. I have this for you. She whispered it, holding, holding, taking, holding, <laughs> taking, an orange from her. her yeah, I have uh, noticed it's almost like English isn't his, like, first language. Okay, okay. Adds to, adds to it. Um, taking an orange from behind her back, never moving a muscle on her face, st- still a teenage voice, like when a 12-year-old hits puberty kind of voice. No thanks, Lila decided to call it a day with that crazy... I'm not going to say that word, and walk away. Oh, come on, it's such a fun word. <sighs> you crazy cunt. <laughs> <laughs> come on, use it the way the Aussies do. They call everyone cunts. Yeah. Oh, but you should. Or one day, you know, one day. Ooh. And that's that. Lilla gave her the fuck-off look and walked away. Lady never bothered again during that flight. Lilla went home for a few days later and didn't think much of what had happened. When her mom asked her how the flight was, Lilla smiled and said, Good, other than that one really crazy lady. Mom wanted to hear more, so Lilla started telling her about what happened. By the time she said the word orange, her mom started crying. Fucking Freddy Krueger, man. Okay. It's a family haunt. It's It's, a family affair. Okay, it's... Okay. It's something they're born yeah. into, man. This and and it's not this ain't nature, this nurture. <laughs> and it's and it started from the like point front of the point of point of view of the boyfriend, or is still kinda in the point of view of the boyfriend, who yeah. is like is he's almost like he's in this family sideways and not the like main focal point, so that's it's, awesome. It's good. 
Lilla was in shock. It was story time. Well, apparently, also it makes for a really easy way to make six parts of it because it's everyone's story. Yeah, because it's not just, it's not a single narrative. Well, apparently, when my girlfriend was a baby in Kenya, she had woken her parents up a few times with loud crying. When they walk into a room, she'd have an orange next to her in her crib. Everything in the house would be locked, though. Windows, doors, everything. It got to the point where her parents moved moved the crib into their room and installed security cameras. Well, on Lila's third birthday that morning when they woke up, they saw an, an orange laying on Lila's chest. They were absolutely taken over by horror. They called the police. The police came and looked over the camera footage. Cameras clearly showing a woman open the front door that was locked, walking into their room, placing an orange on Lila and just standing there for like an hour. Just standing there with her head tilted to the left, looking at her. By this point, it was also necessary to say that Lila was completely horrified. Her mom wasn't doing much better either. Anyway, to keep the story going... <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> her parents didn't know what to do. Police couldn't find the mysterious woman, and no security manager other than the 24-hour bodyguards, which they couldn't afford, was enough. Some of their family was already in Canada and were pressuring them to move, so the incident was a final push. They moved and left this creature with an orange behind until that day on the flight. Lil was unable to, was completely unable to do anything for the next few days after that conversation. She didn't eat much, didn't communicate with anyone. After a while, she got better. There was no sign of further horror, so she started believing it was all fucked up coincidence. And that went on for the... With her life. She hasn't seen Rose in years after that. Last time she encountered Rose was one month before she, Lilla, met me. Lilla did many transatlantic flights. She loves those. <laughs> I'm telling you. Long. I got Sky Miles for days. <laughs> First class. Why is she in coach? <laughs> um, um, she loved those. Long travels, decent money, seeing the world. She had it all. One month before we met, she was coming back from a Hong Kong trip. She flew to Toronto, I believe. She's she's asleep, and I don't remember exactly. I believe it was Toronto, though. Okay. Boyfriend um, note. Boyfriend note. Crew had a nice hotel. And also reminding you that we don't know where any of these I don't know, man. <laughs> um... Crew at a nice hotel. Everything had the, everyone had their own room. Lila was on the third floor. She she loved drinking at that time and got pretty drunk that night. She passed out at 1 a.m. At around 4 a.m., she heard a knock on the door. Then another one, and then another one. But they weren't loud or fast knocks. No, they they were slow and silent, yet loud enough to wake her. Wake her drunk ass up. <laughs> She rolled out of bed thinking it was one of her equally drunk crew members. Not thinking much, she opened the door, and there she stood. Lil says that the lights in her room were off, but the TV TV was on. Um, so going back to uh, uh, the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Light. <laughs> Light from the screen was shining on Rose Rose's face, shining on the grin, shining on the pearly white teeth, bright red lipstick, and white face paired with a tilted head. You know how when you're drunk and some scary shit, accident, cops, etc. happens and you sober the fuck up immediately? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Tight butthole. 
<laughs> she just let out this hapless sound of horror. They both stood there. Rose started rocking back and forth. Every time she'd rock back, she revealed those uh, red shoes hiding under her white dress. Her teeth were grinding. Then she pulled out an orange. What the f- What do you want from me, Lilla begged. Rose kept rocking with a smile. Please, just leave me alone. I don't have anything. You take it. You take it now. He will do. She said that with the same teenagery voice, only a little more playful tone was used this time, like a happyish style. Don't know if it was def- her defense mechanisms activating, but Lilla took the fucking orange and threw it over Ro- Rose's head, screamed, Get the fuck out of here and take this shit with you, you freak. This was the first time either of us saw Rose lose her smile. <laughs> okay. No, that's just my fucking gorgeous. White teeth disappeared underneath the th- thick red lips. Head went back from gentle tilt to its natural position. I will see you too soon. She said in an adult voice. Okay, so she he did she did take the orange, and that's what it's gonna be, because she threw it. She <laughs> took it. She said that in the in adult voice, and this voice was scarier than the teenager one. Lilla says it's because it sounded real, like a conscious normal person making a threat. Of course, at the time Lilla didn't know me, and I had no idea who you two were. She assumed it would be her mom. That brings us to today. Yeah. If you read the update from my previous story, you saw that a room was broken into by Rose. Logical assumption. Pictures of the break-in were taken before the police came. It will be up here today. Some stuff in our room was moved around. We are scared as fuck. Clueless is what's going on. I will be Skyping with my mom to see if she has any answers. Lula will talk to her mom as well. I am personally just shocked at these developments. I never believed anything like this was even possible. Quite honestly, if it ever possible as in I'm first time I didn't think weird stalking could happen or it's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, if one of you wrote wrote the story, I wouldn't believe the shit you said. And I can't blame you if you don't believe me. But if you have any idea about what this might be, I'm all ears. I assume it's some sort of cult. But the only thing that fucks with my head is the fact that Rose knew my girlfriend before I did. Everything so far could have been explained in a logical way, but this took a super fucking natural level. Were they putting an effort into getting us together? How were they doing that? And more importantly, why? For what benefit? Fuck this, man. Fuck this. Okay. Supernatural. Fuck this, man. <laughs> super fucking natural. Okay. So anything, what did you think about your part? Again, they're doing something with place. Like... They're very consciously, like, fucking with that idea. Yeah. Like, it might be Toronto, and I don't remember where this one went. And, um, it's almost like a it. globe-hopping effort to get away from this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's very fun. It and reminds me of It Follows a little bit, mm, when you really think about it. What if you went to a different country? Doesn't that kind of bypass you some time? You, we have yeah. the means to calculate how long would it take for someone to walk just... Cuban yeah. feet from America to like fucking Europe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it kind of breaks the horror of it follows a, just a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I think the fact that Rose has this kind of internal GPS and just keeps yeah. fucking finding but, her way into their lives, it's almost, you know, I, I'm interested to see where they take it because I really don't know what's coming yeah. or what why they're yeah. coming with and, her you know and they've this author's 
been very good at, le at like, it's it's like they've got like the like list of the tropes, and every time they get somewhere close to it being a trope, they throw on this like left turn. Yeah, and they, they go, change Ooh. it a little bit. And they like, flourish it. Yeah, it doesn't change the trope. It's it's still it's still but, a horror story, but yes, it, it is still a grudge ghost. It is still a um a, a possessed woman of some kind. Something supernatural is going on, but it's it's fresh. And there's and there's certified I also just like fresh certified. I also just like that it's uh, infer the supernatural mechanics through what's been going on so far, and they've been, and that it's all done through like physical objects. Yeah, that's, that's and I feel good. like that's also benefiting them because yeah, no. we don't have the photos. I, I only say that because I don't pull them up because I don't think there's any point to visually referencing something for a podcast. But I encourage the people who listen to this. Go look at those photos. And he posts. I'm. I'm about to read part three. It literally is called "Photo Update on mm. the Story of Rose." And let's think about it. Laptop on the ground in a weird room with blankets in different places and an orange in the middle of the. Not hard to take a photo yeah. of. Not you know. Not hard to take a photo of a guy looking fucking scared out front of the Apple Store on the iPhone five release. Yeah. Almost everyone was scared that day. <laughs> you know that was uh, that was D Day for assholes. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is this guy deserved it because he got Ah out. shit, you found out my moral quality. <laughs> my compass is ruined. So I you know, I I like it, but it has to keep the momentum. Yeah. If if it slows or even doesn't lead in a way I don't think makes sense, I'm gonna like yeah. I'm gonna fuck with it. Yeah. It, I hope it surprises me. Uh, right now, I like it. My, yeah, I really like it right but now. But I will also say, I've read a couple other stories that you know, I'll start off reading it and I'll really love the like, the efforts of part one, and then it'll come back for the latter half and it'll just fucking fall apart. Ooh. You know, the, the 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 greatest thing about amateur writing is like <laughs> they, they don't really have it all together. <laughs> they really don't. Like. uh... I, I'll always bring up Pen Pal, but it's just, you know, it's got a bow on top, man. It's written in such a way that, like, you know it deserved to be published. It's just, it's uh, poetic and horrifying and just sad. So, um, I like what this is doing. I do think it needs some polish. One, the one thing that I think could um, be its downfall yeah. is if it becomes... Almost like let's exercise the, the ghost. Like <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, I'll tell it's you right it's now. if it's almost like if it's if shame they, and bullshit. Um, if it's like what I think is like they could go almost too far with the changing things, and so it's and it's like because already now we're at this like very large scale, so like if a. Like the lost meandering, like the lost TV show, the yeah. meandering, like yeah. that could be its downfall. Lost, Lost is not the only show to be written in progression. Yeah, it really like it, they had a budget, they weren't skimping on it. They wrote as they went. Yeah. It's just how they did the seasons. Yeah. They would write a season, they would stop. They would write a season, then they'd stop, and then you know things just kept changing fucking direction. It's it's the show of. Not having your shit together. <laughs> Not really. You gotta 
Come on, man. So Look I wanna... at the chalkboard. Brainstorm. It should. This is kindergarten shit. Put a story together. You need a cap. Yes. Even an idea. So. No one starting the show Lost said, yeah, man. It's all just a dream, man. <laughs> you know? It's all just death death dream. You know? They're dead. They're lying dead on the beach, but this is their last fucking moment together. I, and it's and it's purgatory, man. It's, it's such an obvious one too. It's like it's they got Dude, in, a, in a plane. It's, and, and they that's almost the, that's the they cheap almost, answer. They almost did it sev- several times, like the close up of the eye like blinking, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> like fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> I was one of those people who was, like, adamant that, that it it took the wrong fucking yeah. directions. Give me some Tesla, but not, not Tesla. Why did I say Tesla? No, I did. Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Uh, give me some Tesla-level dimension-bending bullshit, and I will eat this up. <laughs> Literally give me a Schrodinger's Island, and I will eat this shit up. Literally just have, like... The That's last what I five wanted. minutes of the show being this like guy in a white lab coat like describing how this whole thing is. <laughs> they have him in the show. He's a character. <laughs> the doctor, the Asian doctor who shows up on the screen and explains things. The show could end in that way. Well, By the way, time to explain the thing that the show has been about. <laughs> it dimension hops. The end. And just like a this like ten minute like Stephen chain King of, did it. I, yeah. <laughs> Stephen King can do it. You can do it in a TV show. <laughs> anyway, I need to start part three now. Yes. This one's called Photo Update on the story of Rose, aka the woman holding an orange. Hey guys, I promised pictures and updates, so here we go. I will also respond to some questions. So first things okay. first, let me bring you up to speed. We have not had any encounters with Rose since last night break-in. Police called this morning to check on us and told us to stay careful and call should anything happen. Can I pause this for just one second? Yep. Um, this It seems like one of the standards of internet writing nowadays is to bring that little audience involvement of like, I'm going to answer some of your questions about what's going on. And then, it absolutely yeah. is. And it's such and there are there are some stories that really benefit off of it. There really are. Um, I'll, I'll bring up... Um, Dionysus house every time I'm given the, the, the ability to, but it takes place over several different message boards on different websites. Yeah. And the story. Yeah. That I'm I'm really loving this like gorilla writing style. It's oh, fun. There's a... When you mess with that kind of like fourth wall, it's fun. It's interactive. It's almost like an ARG. There is a um this amazing story by I think it's Amy Bender. I I'm, I'm I will actually look this up so that because Captain. it can read the name of this author because it's thank you, um, <laughs> but it's this story about a a fictionalized version of that. Oh, uh, nice! Of like, it's this like f- group of kids like living together, having this kid life. But one of the things they do is they watch this piece of media that this like f- TV show that the whole culture watched that was put on in this entirely guerrilla way. Like, like there'll be this like. A message will go on message boards and say like, "Look at this channel and on, on, if you're in this area," and and then there will be this like, gorilla yeah, TV com- show. Communication, yeah. And and it's um, it, it's a very, I I feel like this author is reading these chat boards and going like, I can tell you right now, there are two stories that that we've read in the show that are exactly like that. Okay. It, Candle Cove is probably the most popular because it's shortest. But uh, 1999 was also exactly like that. It's Canada. There's a kids show that airs local network at weird times mm. in the morning and at night. 
and it just gets more and more obscure until it becomes personal. Nice. You know? It's also called Mr. Bear's Cellar, <laughs> which is a fun part of the title. Yeah, no, I, I'm, is, I'm excited to see where it can go, yeah. I talked to my mother on Skype, and it was, well, disappointing. She only knew Rose as a normal person. She actually doesn't even remember Rose asking about me much. She never got that hint that Rose might be a crazy cunt. My parents are now really worried, not sure if they think I'm going crazy or they are legitimately afraid for my well-being. Lilla hasn't gotten a hold of her mom at this point. Her mom is in England. We've been talking a lot. We decided that it must be some cult in action <clears throat> since neither of us are believers in the spiritual side. It is hard to explain how Rose would know both of us before we met each other. I got a ton of private messages asking me about how we met, and that's a good question, and I forgot to include that part in the story. Basically, mm. last summer, I was out with my best friend at a club. The club closes at 1 a.m., and everyone gets in front of it and sort of chills for a while. We were standing outside when this man comes up to us. He started openly hitting on me in a homosexual way. I am far from a homophobe, but this man was persistent. As a bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I hear Lilla's voice. You've been Lilla. Oh, God. You've been Lilla. Hey, baby, what are you doing? I turned around and saw her sitting at the nearby bench with two of her girlfriends. I realized she was talking to me. The look on her face told me everything. She was saving me from a man. I said, excuse me? Uh, my girlfriend is waiting. And walked away and sat with Lilla. He came after me. Lilla and I had an immediate chemistry. <laughs> Man didn't believe us that we were together and kept asking questions about us, but Lilla and I played off each other so well that he finally decided we were telling the truth and left, and we kissed that night. She was visiting that town only for a few days, but promised to come back and okay. see me and did it two weeks later, and we've been together ever since. I realize that some may suggest that the man was part of the cult and tried to force us onto each other, but it still took free will from both of us to do what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so I doubt the possibility of that conspiracy. Okay, so that conspiracy is confirmed. They fucked. Lilla, <laughs> Lilla is in a bad mental shape right now. It's a triangle, and she hates triangles. She's terrified and jumps on every little noise. I don't know how to help. I'm scared myself, but I'm trying to appear strong for her. Some of you have suggested that this story is fake. <laughs> I will say this. I'm fully aware of how incredible this all sounds, and this is exactly why I posted it here. Many of you helped with advice and kind words, and I thank you guys. Others that don't believe me, you can view the story as a piece of shitty fiction. I never said it'd be good. Just true. Pen, pen Pal has this kind of feeling, too, okay. where it's almost brought from a place of trauma, but... Let's get some butt on. <laughs> Paula Dean, that shit. <laughs> if you guys feel that the story of my baptism may have something to do with this, <laughs> I will find time to write it. Although, I have to note, you are an impatient bunch. <laughs> We're just realize, completely done with that. <laughs> please realize. Oh, my viewers. <laughs> love me. Adore me. Please realize that we are going this through a lot right now. Thanks. There's probably this one person that just posts everything on that happened and is just so angry that this guy's. <laughs> you guys, this story might be fuck. I, this game's so fuck. fake. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, shut, shut the fuck up. Let me fucking tell my story. <laughs>
<laughs> Some updates regarding the pictures I'm posting here. So I snapped a few pics before the police came. Also, after they left and left the orange, I noticed something engraved written on the peel. Mm. I took a photo of that too. Bottom word. I was able to decipher. It says Atavori, which means open in my language. Top word, I can't tell what it is. I don't know what to do with the orange. I still have it. We'll throw it out soon. (gasps) Enough bullshitting. Picture one is of our staircase leading to the room. Picture two is the view from the door of our room. Picture three is close-up of oranges. I, I don't have them. Oh, I do have the rings. actually look good. I <laughs> can't help it. Can't help it's, it. It's Imker. You can't help it. Okay. Yep, it's exactly what I thought. It's like super just like, I took a shitty picture. It's, and that's, and that like adds to it. Hey, man. If they eventually make something out of it and I'm able to see some some creepy shit. Ted Ted the Ted's caver story, it never went creepy. But man, I was yeah, I explained it on your not hot with spicy episode. The guy is talking about the caves near his house and he's talking oh, about the caves right. and he's taking the pictures of the caves and just every time I scrolled down that page I was just like, I'm gonna see a picture with something in this fucking cave and I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyway. Picture three, close-up of oranges. Picture four, closer look at the oranges. Notice the peel. Picture five, another blown up of a fucking thing. Picture okay, six, the message. Yeah, can we see of the, of the message? I think we... Oh, fuck. Um, okay. I don't... I don't see it. I don't see it, but I'm, I think it's cool that they've, like... <laughs> they got a jitty orange. Picture and... six is of the message written engraved on the peel. That's what I want to say. Oh, fuck. No, I didn't see that. It's... Maybe it's... Um, it's on the inside of the peel. Or on the bottom of the peel or something. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Dude! Read. That's cool. As I said, someone changed it to the picture from my childhood that I didn't have on my laptop. If anyone can make any sense of this, I'd appreciate any help at this point. Polaroid pictures at the police station, but the cop I know told me that if nothing happens within a few days, I'd be able to at least come and make a copy of it mm-hmm. if I really wanted to. That's all for now. Edit, I blurred out part of the last image to protect my privacy. It was revealing my name. Kind Redditor discovered it and messaged me. So here's another update. Also, do I update on these posts or create new ones? I told my mother what was going on and she asked to see the picture. She recognized it. The woman in the picture is her friend from when I was a child and the kid in the picture is her son. She doesn't know where the pic came from or that it was ever taken for that matter. My mom said she spoke to my grandma who still lives in Bosnia and my grandma seems to know something. I will have to call her tomorrow. Later on, I will upload the desktop pic that this, that was put on my laptop, still in search of original files and or hidden folders. Part four is called, My Grandmother Met Rose and Others Others Like like Her. Her Her. Encounters and a Picture from My Desktop. It's going to be all fucking dream at the end and I'm going to be so mad. The eye opens up (laughs) and we slow zoom out to <laughs> and I kill myself. <laughs> hey guys, after many PMs asking for an update, I decided to bring you up to speed of what's going on. But first, here is the screenshot of the desktop picture that Rose slash her cult put on my laptop. Not clicking it. <laughs> I haven't been able to find the original photo or any kind of a hidden file. Woman on the left is my mother holding me, and woman on the right is her friend holding my childhood friend. We do not know who the child is on the right or the left or the woman in the back way back are none of them remember the picture ever being taken so i so after i told 
My mom, what's going on? She talked to why grandma. Grandma didn't tell her much, but my mom had a feeling that she got upset after hearing what was happening. I decided to call my grandmother, and after much begging, I got the story out of her. My grandma was born in Croatia, but grew up in Bosnia. She was the kind of child who spent every waking hour outside playing, exploring outside, etc. Her favorite spot to play was down by the river, not too far from where she lived. Magic Evil River, cool. Um, she often... It's just a normal river. <laughs> I feel like magic things happen on riversides. Right. Um, Maybe in Bosnia. <laughs> very sad Bosnian rivers. Um... She'd often go there with her friends, but on this particular day, none of her friends came along. She went in there anyways. It's some Pinocchio shit right there. <laughs> she was doing her traditional build a fortress in the sand thing when she heard someone calling. She looked to the road nearby, the only place where anyone w- could come from. There was only one path on the beach, but no one was there. She shrugged it off and kept playing. But then she heard it again. Dana. Dana, you fuck. <laughs> it's like Bosnian. Dana. Really? I have no idea. Dana. But they're more Italian than they are. I'm calling her Dana. She looked around, nothing. Dana. She jumped, terrified, and ran to the road to see what the fuck was going on, but no one was there. She thought one of her friends was fucking with her and decided to turn around and go back to the fortress. Then she saw him. It was a man above average height, maybe six foot four, dressed in this suit and one of those hats the gentleman wore in the 30s. He had a dark, dark black suit on with a white dress underneath and a black tie, holding a cane. Thing is, he was standing in the water knee-deep in a suit that probably cost an arm and a leg at the time. She was taken aback, but as any curious kid, she decided to check on what was going on. She walked up to the border where waves were ending. That's water imagery, man. I'm telling you. He was still standing there. Yes, mister? She asked politely. I got something for you. Yeah? What's that? Well, as predictable as the story may be getting. It doesn't excuse it. Oh, I kind of I know, I know, I know. It's very, it's fun. (laughs) It's very fun. It is unfortunately fucking true. It was an orange. My grandmother grew up in wealthy-ish family and... Even in the tough economic times, she had an abundance of fruit. So the orange wasn't causing a wow factor here. I was... Let me... Let me just seg in here because of her response, but... Um... If some random person on the street offered me an orange, I would probably take it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not gonna like... shit if I don't see Fuck yeah, I fucking love oranges. You fucking hand it out. Yo, I'll see you next week when you got grapefruit. <laughs> you know? So if you're listening, weird spirit cult thing with the with fruit, it's I'm down easy mark. Get, I'm down to get haunted. I'm down to get some fucking oranges. So you take, do the complete whole thing. And, and hey, like, real kicker, second. real kicker, if they kill me, fucking icing on the cake, man. <laughs> God. I'm sick on the fucking cake. Oh, that, that lovely and happy millennial humor coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. It's a virus. Um, uh, thanks, mister, but I just had lunch. You can give it to someone else. That's the only circumstance where I'd say no. So I'm sorry, I just don't. No, no, Dana, this one is specially for you. He tilted his head to the side, and for a second, she thought his hat would fall into the river. It didn't. 
He still held an orange in his hand, offering it. But I don't want it. You take it, and you take it now. My grandmother's been through a lot of shit. World War II and Bosnian War. She's seen shit, man. But she said she'd never seen something as scary as that man's face that day. She was a child, and therefore very impressionable with vivid imagination. But she swears that when... He says that his eyes, the white part, not the pupils, got much darker and she could see the anger on his face. Although she had somewhat of a grin on the, that Redditor. You guys, this is so fake. So fucking fake. <laughs> she started running away. She stopped and turned around to look as if he was chasing her. He was just standing there looking after her. She said she could see the darkness going away from his eyes. He pulled the orange back and put it into his pocket, turned to the side, and started walking away. Through the fucking river. Like, step by step, with his cane, just walking like he was there on the street. My grandmother was scared for a while, but after a few years, he was just a memory that was rarely recalled. My grandmother gave birth to my mom in 52. It was a happy day, because my mom was her first child. Birth went fairly easily for birth, but she was kept in the hospital for a few days. Last night, before she was released, the man in the black suit came back almost 20 years later. She was sleeping. At, she had a room to herself. She woke up because the light came on in her room. In scary movies, you hear the noise, but nobody is there, and then suddenly they jump you from behind. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> okay, just... He's got the trip list, and he's working with Yeah. Yeah. I know, I don't buy it either. Yeah. <laughs> she opened her eyes, and he said he was just standing there in the middle of the room. The same man, same suit, same hat. Not a day older than he looked 20 years ago. Orange in his hand. You did good. I, for some, some fucking reason, just... I think Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You did good. What, what do you want from me? You brought her. Who? What do you want? You only now have to take this, and it will all be over. He was showing an orange, smiling. It wasn't a crazy grin, just an almost friendly smile. I don't want anything from you. Leave or I'll scream. Well, that's when he pulled the rose shit. He tilted his head to the side, put the scariest grin on his face, revealing the whitest teeth you'll ever see. He started speaking in the voice of a 12-year-old child. But Dana, you don't know. Get out. He will take it. He said that with his child voice. He lost the grin, put his head back in a normal position, turned around, and walked away. Okay, so I feel like they're possessing, like, actual real physical people. I'm getting more of a... Or... I don't know if it's ghosts or if it's just a... It's hard to describe it. It's almost like the way angels operate in supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Like, like there is this ghost thing that then possesses a, a person that is, en- that is entering a person for <clears throat> a lot of amount of time, but they're they're vessels and they're almost aware of it. Yeah. And they like know it's happening but can't stop it. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's how the angels work. It's either that or it's going to go full David Lynch and he's just literally the one character just changes completely into the other one, which would also be cool. But Before he got out of the, out of the room, he turned, off, he turned the light off. She never told anyone about this man until I pu- pulled it out of her. It's been a little more than 30 years since then until she saw him one last time. 
It was war in Bosnia, country demolished by politician assholes who just wanted money. You know how wars work. Anyway, times were tough. Food supply was extremely limited. My grandma and grandpa would go days without eating. They'd hunt... Okay. They'd hunt pigeons on the balcony and shit. That bad. But then, an orange started appearing on their doorstep every day. One orange in the center of a welcome rug. She remembers how bright it was compared to the grayness surrounding them. She'd throw every single one of those fuckers out. My grandfather was confused as to why she'd throw away perfectly good food in times like these, but she wouldn't tell them until they showed up. Yes, they. The man in black and, well, Rose. Angel theory, I'm thinking. Okay. It was 93. They were bombing the shit out there in the town that day. Oh, it's gonna be like dead bodies. Like the man drowned in the river. Uh, huh. and, and now we're gonna find out Rose was a body in the war. Uh, or something like that. Interesting. Okay. That would be cool. It was 93. They were bombing the shit out of their town that day, and no one would even so much as stick their head out through the window, let alone walk out. But my grandparents heard knocking. They thought someone had finally come to take care of them, not knowing that the intruder would enter anyways, if they really wanted to. They opened. On their left side, the same man was standing there. Same black suit, same hat, same cane, same age. More than 50 years later, next to him was a woman in red shoes, white dress, long black hair, extremely pale skin, and lipstick so bright it make you nostalgic for the greatness of wartime. She had her head tilted too, smiling ear to ear. Hello, Dana. She said, she spoke in a a voice that my grandmother said could only be long to a very, very young girl. What the fuck is this? My grandfather <laughs> asked. Immediately, both of these these people, I still call them people. <laughs> nice. Faces lost grins and looked at my grandpa. You may want to be silent. Rose spoke in her original adult voice, or what my grandmother assumes would be her natural voice. What about aliens? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> I always bring uh, aliens. Th- but this. <laughs> aliens is my favorite card to play. <laughs> I summon aliens. <laughs> <laughs> You have activated my trap card. It is aliens. <laughs> Yugi, you've activated my trap card. My grandfather had been shot at, tortured, starved, but he never felt fear like that. He lost his voice and shut the hell up. Their grins returned, head tilted, teeth popping out, shiny as ever. Where is he? Rose asked in her childish version of a voice. Who? What do you want from us? We have nothing. I, I, I'm going to try to do it a little bit more authentic. Don't do this. Just tell us more. It seemed like Rose was losing patience. But I also don't feel like maybe they can understand it. Mm-hmm. That's part of the like mm-hmm. teeth clenched thing. I don't think, I don't think audio wise would translate too well. Yeah. Anyway. But who? Your grandson. Her eyes pierced my gra- into my grandmother's soul. She felt the blood freeze in her veins. He, he, he's he's not here. He's in Montenegro. She thought that whoever these people are, they give up once they'd found her grandson, presumably me, that had moved away hundreds of miles away. They produced even weirder smiles, if that was actually possible. They turned around, almost synchronized, and walked away. My grandparent watched them leave over the balcony. Bullets were flying around, bombs were falling everywhere, and they were just walking down the streets with a no fucks given, heads still tilted. They could see them smiling. 
So I'll be the first to call it all. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. This is becoming a fairy tale. This ain't happening, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I read it anywhere else. I didn't. I enjoyed the story. Tell me, tell fuck himself for trying to convince me this shit is real. But this shit is real. We're going all out with this, and I love it at this point. Yeah. I have no logical explanation for this. Are they a cult? Maybe. <laughs> Why don't they age? Why? Where? Why are they everywhere? Why? Are they following everywhere I know? Fuck me if I know. I, I, I think we're gonna get a payoff with the white dress. Like, it was she died in a wedding. Or some... See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you on the opposite side there, Tom. I don't think they're gonna fucking explain anything. Okay. <laughs> I, think the, I think the story's just gonna fucking end. Then, uh, this is just never up. Update one more time, never updates. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'd go that far. It seems like it just... How about this? What if they pass it off onto someone else? Mm. Going with the It Follows theory. Part five, I met Rose again. Literally. (laughs) Literally just did it. Sorry, he's somewhere else. Alright, well, you can come back for our... They're Rumpelstiltskinning them. Yeah. Oh, well, my grandson. Well, when's he gonna be here? I don't know, like 50 fucking years? (laughs) (laughs) You could wait if you want. Like a guest room. Alright, sounds good. Sits there with a fucking orange for 50 years. Do you want anything to eat? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I got vitamin C. <laughs> Part Sorry. five, I met Rose again. I've become almost indifferent to what's going on to me. Since my first story, so much shit happened, was discovered, that I became dulled down to the point of almost not giving a fuck. Put that attitude together with the fact that nothing happened until yesterday to us since Rose's break-in, and you have one dude who doesn't give a shit anymore. I suppose everyone reaches that point at some time. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. Anyways, yesterday, Wednesday, I had a day off from work. My girlfriend decided that she wanted to get away from everything for a little while. She went to her friend's house in our town for a few days. I like to alleviate my stress by working out. I had a day off and wanted to... I had a day off and I wanted to do a little bit more than just lift weights. So I decided to go on a long bike ride. I will will have to say I am 900% confident the person writing this is like... The least broy person possible. Yeah, that is just like and it's it, me. I wrote this, <laughs> and like the story and the, the original idea of the story was I'm gonna do the bro voice. Do the bro voice. Uh, decided to go on a long bike ride, 50 miles to the next city. It was really cloudy in the morning, so I decided to take nothing with me but a couple of bucks for the bus ride back. Also, a <laughs> sent me an iPhone five. I definitely didn't want to take that if. It was going to rain. <laughs> Call back. iPhones. So I went on the bike trip with nothing but my truck and a few dollars. About 30 miles into the trip, I got on the bike trail that led almost to the end of my destination. It is a 22-mile trail. I did this trip once in July, and the place was packed. Hundreds of fucking cyclists everywhere could barely move. This time, the trail looked deserted. Nobody on it. And weather became shittier and shittier. Heavy fog set in. I almost felt as if I were in a cloud. It was so moist, but without actual rain. My shirt was dripping with water and visibility was shit, but I decided to keep going. A few miles into the trail, I started noticing benches on the side, something I haven't noticed before. Cool idea, since the road is so long. I guess you need a break sometimes. I kept riding through. Visibility was 15 feet at best. About seven miles into the track. I thought I heard laughing. I squeezed my brakes and slid for a few feet. I listened. Nothing. 
Well, I know what you're thinking, you're right, I'm a fucking idiot. Going for a long trip on a secluded track when I have some crazy cunt following me, plot of a cliche horror movie I know, and I regret doing what I did. But my reasoning was that nobody ever physically attacked me, so the worst case scenario would be I'm offered another fucking orange. (laughs) I got back on the bike, did a few pedal strokes, and heard laughing again, it was coming from ahead. Fuck it. I'm biking through. Fog decided to have mercy on me and increased the area of visibility to about 25 feet. That's when I saw someone sitting on the bench ahead. I lied to myself, saying that it's normal for a biker to sit on the side and rest. That's what it probably is, right? You and I both know that no, it wasn't a biker sitting there. It was a man. He wore a black suit. No hat or cane, though. So I felt a little better. I switched my shit into the highest gear and started pedaling Mm. Armstrong style. Nobles. As I was passing (laughs) him... One balls. Oh no, Cheryl took the other one, my friend. As I was passing him, he started laughing again. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing around him. No newspapers, no phone, no bike. Just sitting, hands on his knees, not even looking at me, just looking ahead. And just as I am passing, this fucker starts laughing hysterically. I got fucking scared. It was then that I noticed an orange right next to him on the bench. Then he looked straight at me. Rose encounters were scary as hell, but this man, this man was on a whole new level. I just kept pedaling. I heard the laugh one more time as I was riding away from him. Next 12 or so miles took me about 45 minutes. In other words, I wasn't slowing down. Mm, I timed it. (laughs) I I got real good strats that day. (laughs) I got to the town where I wanted to catch a bus and another shock was waiting for me. I arrived at the bus station at 4.10pm. Last bus was leaving at 4.30. The way these schedules work, this bus would take me to a small town at the beginning of the trail where I'd catch another bus to go home while I come at the bus station and I see that the bus only has two bike racks and they're both taken. Mm. Yup, let's cut the artistic description shit and jump to the point. (laughs) My point I think he's gonna jump to is that guy is waiting at one of those bus stations (laughs) like mid-stop. Anyway. Driver said it was against the rules to put a bike inside the bus. It was the last bus, and if I wanted to go back home that night, I'd have to bike to the other town and arrive before 7 p.m. when the last bus for my place leaves. I had two and a half hours to do 20 miles. Either that or spend the night there. I only had 10 on me, so yeah. Go back, you stupid shit. (laughs) And good luck with that laughing man on the trail. I wish I could tell you that I persuaded the driver to let me in. I wish I stayed there that night. Could have maybe tried to pay for the hotel by giving them my credit card number. Could have tried. No. I decided to bike. And I got what I deserved. Two miles into the trail, I saw something on the ground about 20 feet ahead. I remember thinking how clean they kept this track, so it was strange that the trash would be just obviously laying around. I slowed down. It was a G.I. Joe action soldier toy. Looked pretty new. Oh well, some kid dropped it while biking with his family. Keep pedaling, son. A mile later, another object ahead. Basketball. I stop. Pick it up. Drop it. it. Eyes full of tears. When I was in about 8th grade, there was a basketball 3 on 3 tournament in my school. I was so fucking excited for that shit, man. I gathered the best team I could find. If we'd win... We'd go to an even bigger tournament and maybe win some money. Some fucking Keishola. We arrived at the court. We arrived. We arrived at the court and realized that only two teams signed up in our category. We were full of joy because that meant that even if we lost, we'd win some kind of award. We lost. Well, actually, got destroyed by the other kids. But since we ended in second place, we got a fifty-dollar gift card each for a store equivalent to a Foot Locker here. 
We all ran to that place. My friends all picked shoes and jerseys, but I picked this basketball. It was so unique. It was painted like a chessboard, 64 squares, 32 black and 32 white. They called me crazy for spending my gift card on it, but I loved it. At least for a few days until I realized that the colors on it gave me a headache when I spun it around and the designers of this ball were stupid assholes. <clears throat> so I threw it in the river, river when I crossed one of the bridges near my house. And now, now I was holding the same ball 5,000 miles away from my home in the middle of the woods on some bike trail that only I knew I'd be crossing that day. I froze, dropping the ball, and just wanted to yell. You get mad at some point, you know? You get mad that your life isn't as normal as other people's. Why can't I worry about shit, like whether my NFL team is going to go to the playoffs or whether I'm going to get a raise? Why do I have to go through this? What did I do? Well, I could contemplate about life, or I could get the fuck out of these woods and try to catch that bus. I chose the latter. Um, so just a little, tiny little cut in. I think um, I'm excited to see the part, like, what I think is going to happen is there's going to be, like, another question-answer type thing of, like, theorizing about what it is, and at this point we're just going to, like, like, is it ghosts? Is it aliens? Is it, like, what we've been doing? And, and so that brings that, like playing along element of it like he's responding to the infinite he starts responding to the supernatural conspiracy theories yeah i'm uh, sure i'm sure I'm excited for that i'm sure there's an element already present <clears throat> and we're just not seeing it mm. because this you know reading the story online does in no way shape or form kind of uh even really truly imitate what it is probably like to be reading this on no sleep as it's coming out <laughs> and being able to actually talk you know about it with people who are also reading it after a few miles another thing a page out of a newspaper it got wet from a light drizzle i picked it up it was an article about me when i just came to the u.s the school i played ball for published an article about my life in their paper there it was in my hands i dropped that shit and decided to not stop anymore i biked by a bike i owned when i was living in bosnia i biked by my old iron maiden <laughs> shirt and by a picture of my family in a broken frame i biked by a dead cat that was identical to the cat i had when i was 15. the faster i biked the items for my life became more and more common on the road at this point my story is becoming more unbelievable than any cheesy movie you've seen feel free to express all your disbelief call me a liar i would I would call bullshit three stories ago. I wish I was fucking with y'all. I wish I was doing this for entertainment. You're doing it I'm for doing this man. for help. Advice. To set my mind at ease at least for a minute. So I'm flying down this trail about two more miles and I'm out of these woods of hell. It's getting dark, dark and more foggy, and then, and fucking then I hear the laugh, only this time it is a child. Or not. I slow down, scared of what's coming. I see a silhouette sitting on the bench ahead, the same bench where the man was, laughing again. Not the kind where some criminal mastermind laughs at the evilness of his plan. Playful laugh. I guess you can call it a giggle. Only it is not a child. It is a woman sitting there. She is dressed in white. It is Rose. I pressed my brakes so hard I wasn't surprised I didn't fly over the wheel. She was sitting there, legs crossed, looking straight ahead, not at me, and laughing. Then she turns toward me, tilted her head, smiled with many times described grin, and said, Sit. This was the first time I got scared to the point that my extremities gave up for a second. Other encounters with her, I was in my home, or at least in somewhere of a safe place. Of a safe place. This, this was in the woods. 
And as I type this, I realize even more how fucking stupid it was of me to embark on this trip at a time like this. Maybe subconsciously I wanted to meet her again, meet her and bring an end to it. I regained some courage and got off the bike. I put the bike down slowly and noticed a photo of me and my first girlfriend laying on the road. It was wet and looked burnt. Fuck if I'm stopping now. I'm gonna talk to her. I walked over. She was still smiling, not moving at all. Sit. In my language. In child's voice. No. You've been a very stubborn boy, Milos. Milos. I'm not a boy. I want to have anything with you people. Why can't you leave me the fuck alone? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? (laughs) It It felt liberating to be able to express all of the frustration and scream the cunt that caused my girlfriend and me so much pain. Again, I feel like he's got the thesaurus of, like, the dictionary of, like, psychological, like... Cunt! (laughs) (sighs) No need to yell, Milos. No, there is a need to yell. You're fucking with my life. I only want you to come with me. First tell me what you want, and then I'll decide. She took an orange sitting next to her and offered it to me. It is not your decision to make. Her voice changed to a more adult one, but still not appropriate for a woman her age. It is my life, you fucking bitch. She lost her smile. You know, Milos, all this goes far back. You have no power over this. You will come. She yelled that word, will. Like, yelled it at me. I stepped back, ready to knock her the fuck out. And she got up. I will fight you people, I'll call the police, I will... I will. You can't do anything. She cut me off. Who do you think I am? You think the police can help you? You think your friends can help? What the fuck are you, a cult? You want me as a sacrifice? She started laughing. She laughed while never closing her eyes, never taking them off of me. You silly boy. Her voice switched to a child's version again. You have so much to learn about us. She stepped towards me. At that point, I honestly believed I was dealing with something other than a human being, and I will admit, after I got home and cooled down and thought logically, I went back to my theory of it being a cult. But at that moment, right then, I believed I was encountering something else. I will ask for help from others, then. Will. I said, not knowing what I even meant. Church, maybe? (laughs) She said it in a way, like when I was a child, is imitating your voice just to irritate you. You think your gods will save you? Ask your priest about me. Ask and then decide. I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about, but I decided I had enough. It was time to run. At that moment, she stepped back, sat back down, and started looking at the orange. I ran back to the bike, got on it, and started pedaling like the devil himself was behind me, and as I passed her, she started laughing, uncontrollably still looking at the orange. I got on the bus in the last moment. I was a wreck during the ride, and when I got home, I called the guy from the police station, told him what happened, and he said he'd contact the local police and ask them to check the trail out. I expect nothing. I spent the whole day thinking about what happened. How could she then get all my stuff, and that I am sure doesn't exist anymore? Was that really the same cat I had 12 years ago? He said 15 earlier, by the way. How? 
And what did she mean by ask my priest? So many questions and exactly zero fucking answers. I'm mentally drained. I didn't tell my girlfriend about this because this would probably cause her to have a nervous breakdown. You didn't tell I your might, girlfriend. Oh, fuck you. I might have one myself. I'm a broken man. Tormented by something I am not familiar with. I am lost. Just like Damon Lindelof lost. We lost did it. We did it. On ABC. <laughs> oh, open eye. White screen. Thank you, thank you. Oh, cool. Story of my baptism told by my priest. How Rose... AKA how Rose tried to stop him. They're going biblical. They're going biblical. All right. Uh, but I like that we had, like, a very long time ago mention of, like, story of my baptism. So. Yeah. It was part two or part three, I believe. Okay, guys. A lot has happened last I checked in. A lot of you messaging me asking if I was okay. <laughs> the opposite side of that. Someone... Are you okay? Oh, my Says God. one person waiting for next week's post. Some of you even went as far as sending me your you phone numbers and really reaching out. I thank you for that. Yeah. Let's bring in the second user. That's a great trick. Um, maybe. We'll see. Um, we have not encountered Rose since the last time. Also, we decided to move. I got a decent job in the south of the U.S. and we thought it'd be a good idea to get out here. Um, any Atlanta folks? Any Atlanta folks? Holla at me. My father did go to see the priest to baptize me, and the story has become more convoluted, if you can call it that. Anyway, I got baptized in a church called Ostrong in Montenegro. Here's a picture of it. Show's pic. Um, I don't believe in God in any kind of way, but this church is amazing. It was built up a long time ago. When the Turkish Empire came over, the people took it stone by stone and moved it up to the mountain where the Turks couldn't reach it. It is a magnificent building. Many different people in many people of different religions, including Muslim and Buddhists, come through the church in search of spiritual help. That is the only place I ever felt something more than just my non-believer reality. And again, we're doing like, what religion is this? What yeah. it could be? Montenegro is every. It, it was a. So the location thing is paying off. It was a good choice. That it doesn't really. Yeah, that matter. It yeah. pays off in that it's the. Uh, <laughs> Um, Joker the, telling his stories three it's different the ways. Everyman, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I was six, my dad decided to baptize me there. Neither of my parents are particularly religious, but my dad follows the tradition, and baptizing kids is one of them. He decided that the baptism should be performed at the most famous church in the Balkans, Ostrong. You have to schedule it, and demand was so high that uh, I was going to be. <laughs> it's like an STD of baptism. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Spread it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had to schedule it in the Mammoth so high that I was going to be baptized as, an, uh, as part of the kids, as part of a group baptism. We, When we arrived there and disappointed awaited, at least for my dad, as I couldn't give any less bucks, at the entrance of the church, the priest stopped me. You, you can't go in. He physically stopped me with his hand. Priests in our country wear long black robes and rock the long beards. So I was standing there, being held in baptism by this Batman-looking dude. My dad jumped out in front of me and asked what the problem was. You, my, my child, talking to my dad. I know you. I baptize you. I can tell. He did baptize him 20 years ago. But your son, he cannot go in there. And why is that? My dad asked, shocked. It's, it's, 
It's the yeah. It's now the reverse of the SCD story. It's I can't really tell you, but it is better for all of us if it went elsewhere. But why? Son, please leave. But remember this. Don't dare not baptizing him. You have to. I don't understand, nor will you ever. Just do it. I'm glad that he didn't explain anything. Yeah. I was regretting the, like, I'm the Asian man in Lost. Let me explain the thing that this entire show is about. So I took my dad. So I took my. So my dad took my hand and walked away. And I know it's a very sorry. It's a very Kafkaesque thing of this like. The structure of the sentences. No, the. Well, maybe, but um, the every time you go to explain something, it's this another deflection, another deflection. Yeah. I like it. No, that's true. Yeah, um, that's very Kafkaesque. I, I, and no, again, is, it all depends. There is an answer. It's just fucking happening. Oranges. <laughs> so my dad. T- took my hand and walked away, not knowing what the fuck was going on. On our way home, he was trying to figure out what happened. He thought that church maybe... He thought that maybe I messed, messed up something, like peed behind the church or something, which sounds like my kind of thing, but I didn't do. When we get home, we get a phone call. It was from that priest. He wanted us to come back right away. It was a 35-minute ride back. My dad and I were more confused than ever. We arrived at the church... And all the previous baptisms has been performed already. Uh, it was only three of us there. I decided to baptize you, son. Despite despite what? I asked curiously. But despite being taken over by this thing, alien thing. No. Uh, oh come on. Uh, I could not tell you, but it is important that we do this fast. So we did. I walked in the circle, and he went on with his prayer, spraying holy water on me. I remember getting bored as hell right before he finally finished. He told us to go away and not come back unless something out of the ordinary happened to me. Oh, no, this is the priest actually is nice and trying to yeah. stop it. Okay. He, he regrets not helping an innocent child and but, an innocent man. But he's doing it like he's, he already got all already, the other children out of there. And, oh, he's on high alert. Yeah. My dad was just glad we got it done. He's that, cosmically fucked and the aura is like being read by the priest yeah. like hard. That was 20 years ago. My dad went back there a few days ago. Priest was still alive, although retired. He still lived on the church grounds. It took some talking to and donations for him to speak up. I got baptized on February the 13th, 1992. On the night before my baptism, my priest was handling his sheep. Back in the day, priests raised sheep and cows and lived also off of that. When he saw a figure in the dark, it was strange for someone to stand there that late at night especially because visits were all over and the clerical staff was already in their designating house. Hey, who is that? Priest yelled. Come, Father. The woman's voice spoke calmly. Priest explained that from time to time he gets visits from desperate people um, begging for blessings or shelter. So he went ahead to see what the woman wanted. He said that when he came in there, he saw only a woman in white standing not moving. She was standing among sheep. They had formed a circle around her. <laughs> like, almost safe distance. The priest claimed that he immediately felt something unholy. Uh, understandably. Uh, what do you want? He asked in a defensive, aggressive voice. At that point, he knew he wasn't a peaceful visitor, visitor he was talking to. Tomorrow. Tomorrow you will encounter a boy. Just like any other. His name will be Milo. You won't baptize him. Priest told my father 
that he performed several exorcisms before, but he was never actually scared. This time he felt unsafe. You and your kind have no place on this holy ground. My kind, father? What would that be? You demons, he was... His voice was cracking in fear. And this is, again, it's that, like, now we're hypothesizing about the supernatural. She laughed. Demons? I realize you're a man of cloth, but believing in demons? That takes a lot of faith, father. I want you to leave now. Listen to me, you pity priest. I know who you are. I know what you think. I know you feel my strength, deny my request, and you'll never sleep in peace again. Then she left. The rest of the story you know. He refused to baptize me, then he changed his mind. Apparently told me dad that he'd rather be tormented by an unholy spirit than deny any God's child a chance to connect to Jesus. He also said that he'd been paying for it since the day he baptized me. Every single night for two weeks after he baptized me, he has been seeing that woman in white appear on his window. She'd just stand there looking at him with hand tilted. No smile though, but only a face of anger. He said many prayers, but it didn't seem to affect her. Then his sheep started dying. There were no wolf marks, no signs of force, just laying dead. Finally, numbers of exorcisms skyrocketed. He claims that this was a direct consequence of him disobeying the woman's orders. He even showed an exorcism videotape. They started filming the chapel in the mid-90s to my dad. My dad said it was unreal. Apparently a 13-year-old girl came in the chapel with her mom. Her mom was sobbing in tears, begging for help. Priest started performing his rituals when the girl started throwing stuff around. Priest called two young guys who came in to pray that day and asked them to hold her. She kept walking in circles, with the two men, grown men holding her, and right before she fell to her knees... You shouldn't have done it, father. She was cured. My dad has had more than enough information thrown at him, but he wanted to know who this woman was. Priest said that he originally thought it was a demon, but the lack of prayer efficiency and her freedom of behavior on the only on the holy ground was concerning. He then thought it was some sort of cult, witchcraft maybe. The problem is... She had been visiting him on February 13th every year. All the livestock he had would die on that day. Any sick person coming in that church that day would get worse. Number of possessed people would skyrocket him normally on the 13th. And at the end of the day, she'd come to her window no matter where she was. He tried talking to her many times, asking what, who she was. She never responded. She never aged. The priest was finally broken down to the point where he quit. He remained living at the grounds, but he couldn't do his job anymore. He'd lost faith. He claimed that the gods should have protected him. My dad said he'd been mentally unstable at this point. He was mentioning something about... Morana, whatever that appears. It appears to be a god of death in some cultures, but I really think the man has gone mad. I think we've gone a little too far, story-wise. I'm okay with it. Okay. I, I just like the gorilla vibe a bit better. I think this is the whole... This was the jabber of the old man Goncino. Goddesses? Demons? Hardly. That would be the dis- disappointing story of my baptism. I, <laughs> man, nothing happened to that baptism. <laughs> just, just spirit ghosts. I have not had any encounters with any of them s- since the last time. I'm moving away, hoping it helps. I've decided this. If I ever encounter them, I am taking the orange. It can't go on forever like this. I just can't. Part 7. 
I took it. Okay. So, I don't hate it. I think being left with a kind of head scratcher is interesting, Mm. and uh, it has a Whistler's vibe to it where you never quite get an answer, but you have to kind of surmise it. And the answer in my head currently reads as the fruit of knowledge. You know, it's Mm. almost, um, this is the next step in a kind of biblical execution of something else existing on the planet. Mm. And I think, like, whether you focus on that spiritually or biblically or even, like, scientifically, I think it can't be good. Yeah. I think if you really think about it, um, the devil, like, Lucifer, the angel, was, like, the world's first superhero, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fruit of knowledge, okay. He had um he had the power to change shape, change form. He uh he liberated two prisoners. Mm. I don't know, it's it's interesting to think about. He um he gave them knowledge, all from a fruit. Mm. So it's hard for me to not you know, clearly at this point, even with the end, kind of go biblical with it and just assume that because the old man and Rose are not the same person, I, uh, part of me assumes that the old man is Satan and Rose might even be like the original <clears throat> Eve, you know, okay. or maybe, um, if we're, if we're not talking Eve, we're talking Lilith, you know, the, yeah, fir- yeah. the first Lilith was the name there. Lilith was the, um, well, Lilla, I don't think that's any but, coincidence, no. but I, I, you know, maybe, maybe, but I think the point is, um, you know, there's something else and, mm-hmm. uh, and whether you want to go cosmically with that or or like biblically with that, that's totally up to you. I don't think it leans either way. There's like a there's like a sci-fi story that's like one of these like meme internet stories about yeah. this like um uh this like guy who like every time he dies he like meets God and says you're not ready yet you're not ready yet and it turns out he's living everyone's life and it turns out fuck and, that's and, cool and, and it's like and and like the metaphor ends up being it's the egg and it's. And it's the chicken and the egg at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's like the like it's building this world consciousness at the end, and he's waking up by living every single life. Interesting. Um, so I the what he fucks I, himself. Yeah, this this kind, <laughs> it either sounds like he fucks himself or it's like it's the evil version of that. Like, like there's no one but him. There or like the idea of growing things every time and the orange like oh, rotted the and the pain grew, of death. Yeah. Or interesting. Like, That's cool as shit. Yeah. That's real cool. Um, I thought you were gonna talk about just based off your brief description. The uh, dog sphere. No, I did not think you were gonna talk about the dog mother. <laughs> it's all um, turning into the dog mother with oranges. No, there was there was a story I read. All about. stories become the dog mother eventually. <laughs> That's the way. It's, it's like Marxism. <laughs> All stories can be Marxist if you think about it. Yes, yes. Um, I liked this story. I don't know what I was thinking about, but there was a story I, I read or, or something I watched where the um, the person comes back from death each time and he's just like, he's not aware of it, but like we're, we're seeing it happen. And I forget what it is, but mm. anyway. I liked this story, except it's kind of left me with nothing. 
Yeah. It's not something I'm going to, you know, uh, 20 episodes from now, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, like the story with the orange. Like, I'm literally, this is just going to be like, it exists on this episode. I don't think it did anything crazy. I don't think it did anything bad. Mm, Yeah. It just kind of falls in, like, respect area. Like, Like, I could see someone I know writing something like this, and I could be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm um, like, I'll remember the image of the hand on the orange, but I now remember yeah. like some, like there were some definitely nice writerly moments. Like everything was like physically attached to something and the signs that the evil was progressing was like, or whatever it was, was like physically attached to the orange. And like, there's cool. some, there's some nice details. Yeah. There, it, but it still has, it still has like an Eastern or, yeah. um, you know, it still has evil a spirit. Kind yeah. Of. It still kind of has that like, uh. The spirits, you know, the spirity vibe. But at the end of the day, it's going to, I agree that it's just going to be like, okay. Like, it's it's good, but it's not. We'll talk about it. I know a bunch of people who are going to listen to this and I'm going to ask their opinions. But like, ultimately, it's like, how, how else can you take it? Like, really, how, you know, it's not, it's not psychosis where you read it and afterwards you literally have to think Mm -hmm. like, was the narrator actually fucking insane or was this shit happening? And then you kind of look at the last paragraph and you're like, I don't know. He kind of says it, but he doesn't. (laughs) He kind of says it, but he doesn't. And, um, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's it. It wasn't bad. It it was was good. I liked it. I liked liked reading it. I think it was, it was a good length. If, if not a little bit Mm. drawn out a little long, I, but I yeah, think, it, I was think due, it was due time that you had a long, a good long episode. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. your next one is probably going to be like half this length. Okay. You know, we'll we'll get a we'll get a mid tier out and see how you feel about okay. that. Or we could go back to one offs. Whatever, man. I just wanted to get a long story no, this in was, with you, and I think this is good though. And, and I, I think like, it was a good choice. Yeah, and um, I fucking love ghosts, and, yeah. and frankly, I love. I love, you know, kind of like Eastern and even Western, like Japanese-ish. Just the uh, spirit haunt, the spirit that, like, is following you and... I will say this, uh, it's probably one of the first times where I, where I would say, like, oh yeah, I'd love a, I'd love a season. I'd love a, um, a Channel Zero season of this story. I would love... Channel Zero to to put something like this together because they do surreal horror mm. very very fucking well and there are parts of the story that that definitely have almost John Carpenter uh, Bar- you know Clive Barker vibes um, there are also parts of the story that are very <clears throat> Stephen King mm. you know and and I could just see it yeah. and I could just see it in my head and I just think locations and landscapes and hauntings and mm. it's just like I just think it could be you know whenever I think about her at the window. I get, you know, my butthole tightens up mm. like it puckers. But but then again, <laughs> I just, you know what I see? I almost see the girl from VHS who plays the siren. I just see those big eyes, white dress, and like, isn't quite human, isn't quite not. Yeah. Um, and just like the otherworldliness of, of her like existing. Like she doesn't belong. Yeah, I think I think that does create a slight problem for the story, though. Because have you seen VHS? Do you know the segment I'm talking about? Mm, No, but I can picture what you're talking. Sorry. 
Nah, but, she's so good. That's one of the best. But though, there's the slight problem of then. Well, the story started with it was my mom's friend, and was she friends with the girl from the ring or the that girl or like? Well, I I know it could uh, could I, also be mind control. No, no, no. I mocked it earlier. I I really do think she was Rumpelstiltskin. Thing on. <laughs> I think. I think she knew she had to bide time around her target for so long yeah. that she was just like, what better way to keep a mindful watch on my like prey other than literally watching it grow up until it's at the age. Yeah. I think it's ripe for it to, you know, actually yeah, partake. Right to orange. Yeah, maybe it's spreading. Yeah. You brought that up at one yeah. point. This, it, maybe, the, maybe each, maybe each person that takes the orange joins the orange. Who fucking knows, man? No, but, maybe they the, all come together and they form the orange. Maybe the orange <laughs> takes over the planet. Maybe it's <laughs> the all, orange. Dog. Everything is oranges. <laughs> everything just is mush. Everything up. is oranges is what this episode is going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode is dedicated to Tom Bombadil, and it's dedicated to everything being oranges. <laughs> Vitamin if you C, think about it, Florida. if you think about it, you're a hot dog. <laughs> but when you really think about it, you're also all, you're also all oranges. <laughs> There's an onion article that like every movie is hot dogs. <laughs> every movie is hot dogs, except they're not. Anyway, moving on. So uh, I had to bring it up. So uh, how'd you feel about this? Any final any final thoughts? Um, it was a fun read. Um, it's really fun because it hits like it hits a lot of the like notes of what's becoming the like internet guerrilla horror kind of like um, it's on. It's mostly on point. I still kind of um, I didn't I didn't really like the priest section. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, it was it was the step too far. But um, it's the on the nose, yeah, it's the it's the every edition, every creepy pasta that says sharp like needle teeth. It's 80% of all creepypastas mm. that exist. They use sharp, <laughs> sharp, needly, needle-like teeth. Yeah. Every creepypasta out there. And, and um, priest addition mm. to ambivalent spirit yeah, ghost yeah. story. Is it just a... Yeah, too much honey. Yeah. Too much sugar. I uh, need to dial that shit back a little. Yeah, it, it's just the. Uh, I would have rather a relative that was religious. Yeah, um, or but wrong, or if it was <laughs> you know, the priest less... still kind of being wrong is cool, but I could see it with a priest, but not that like. But still, much. it being it, a it'd be much still, more, much still more down too much. To, uh, fair, yeah, actually, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's still too much. And Even a religious the, narr- uh, a religious like relative yeah. would still just be like, eh. Mm. I think that could have been replaced by that what I talked about earlier, where it's like the question and answer session about like, okay, guys, this is supernatural. Uh, do we have any guesses? Or no, or even to keep it on theme with the medium we're working with, the. Uh, uh, no, guys, stop with the stupid supernatural shit. It's not a demon. It's not a ghost. This is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think there was like a dartboard. I just think he didn't, he didn't know and he didn't want yeah. anyone to know. Yeah. I don't think he, um, I don't think he ever wanted it to be clear. Yeah. I don't think it's made oh, yeah. with, it's definitely not made with the intent of having a twist. I think mm. the twist, it's, the I twist is part seven, yeah. but it doesn't land because part six is just yeah, shoved yeah. down your throat more or less. Yeah. And even at the end of part five, it started getting a little... Embellished. Yeah. This could have been five parts 
with an open end yeah. that I would have been mm-hmm. like Dionysus House would have been just totally fucking cool with it because Dionysus House doesn't fucking end it continues and you just realize that it's a continuing ongoing thing people go missing all the time mm. yeah man this was uh this was good this was Captain Death lots mm. of pasta episode Tom Bong Badil Everything is Oranges, episode 103, 103, triple digit. Mm-hmm. This is your captain third speaking. Ep- this is your third episode. <laughs> yeah, this, this is your captain speaking. Um, that story, uh, it had a lot of fucking oranges.